The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. You're listening to Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. Once again, we are dipping back into our treasure chest of broadcasts. Tonight's broadcast comes to us from August the 7th, 2012, and it was titled, The Ten Things That Make Money, Money. These vintage Medjinomics broadcasts are some of the most important broadcasts that you will hear. These are the broadcasts which formed many people into turning away from the system of the world and into a new system long before coronavirus and long before the world situation forced people into thinking different. A friend of Medjugorje's prophetic words challenged people to think outside of their normal life. Tonight's broadcast is no different. So here is a friend of Medjugorje, August the 7th, 2012. We find ourselves in a situation in our nation and in the world where we continue to deteriorate things that we know it, life as we know it. More and more people are coming to the belief and understanding and seeing that things cannot continue or 
press, the better way to say business as usual. We're not going to go back to business as usual. We're going to go back to God's precepts. Those who are willing to live them. And by doing so, those who will have the consequences of living them. And by not doing so, we'll also suffer the consequences of that taking place. So, John, why don't you go ahead and go with your reading? This comes from a book called A Nation in Crisis, The Meltdown of Money, Government, and Religion, and How to Prepare for the Coming Collapse, written by two Christian economists, Larry and Chuck Bates. You may be asking, what should money be? Money should be something that has all ten of the following characteristics. If it does, it will function as it should. It, number one, it should be a store value. Your money should be worth in terms of purchasing power what it is worth today, next year, or even in ten years. Number two, it should be easily recognizable as money. We can't expect someone to accept it as payment if they don't know what it is. Number three, it should be universally acceptable. If people do not desire it, it has no value in trade. Number four, it should be easily divisible. This is a must in order to make change. Number five, it should have intrinsic value. It should be desirable in and of itself. Number six, it should be impossible to counterfeit. If it cannot be counterfeited, it cannot be created out of nothing. If it cannot be created out of nothing, there can be no inflation and resulting depreciation in its value. Number seven, it should be durable. If it is not durable, it deteriorates or is easily destroyed, its value will not last over time. Number eight, it should have high value in small quantities. A concentration of value or wealth makes it more convenient to transport. Number nine, it must be easy to handle. It must be in a size and form easy to store, transport, and exchange. And number 10, its supply must remain scarce. When we compare most of the paper currencies, including the U.S. Federal Reserve note, to this list, we find they have only a few of the 10 characteristics. The U.S. Federal Reserve note has only three. Real money must have all 10. However, we must remember that people not governments, central banks, or even nation-states, have always determined what money is and what money is not. In all of recorded history, including the Holy Bible, we have seen that the currency of choice and the money of the Bible is gold and silver. We read in 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 2, that when the Queen of Sheba came to visit King Solomon, she came bearing gold and precious stones. I cannot find anywhere in that text that she came bearing CDs and municipal bond portfolios. This was the money of the day, and it has remained so for thousands of years to this very day. In biblical times, and continuing to this very day, there always has been that sin nature of man and his fatal tendency to try to live and consume off the labor of others. The Babylonian monetary system is alive and well in the world today in the form of dishonest weights and measures. 
Our monetary system today is doing the very same thing that is mentioned in Amos chapter 8, 5. We are making the epah or bushel or whatever quantity we're buying smaller and we are making the shekel or dollar as we know it today larger by inflating it so it buys less goods. Thus we cheat with dishonest scales. We must again remember that people not governments, central banks, or even nation-states have always determined what money is and what money is not. This is an abomination to Almighty God. This is a system, a commercial Babylonian system, that He already has judged. It is a system that we as believers must come out of. It's really simple. When you don't totally use the king's or the government's money, the king or the government, can't totally rip you off. You don't need legal tender laws to tell people what money they should use. You only need legal tender laws when the money that is being used is not what the marketplace desires, but what is being forced upon the people by the edict of the king or the decree of the government. If one is to survive this coming economic disorder, one must learn what money is and what money is not. When people understand, there will be a mad rush to dump the counterfeit and grab the real thing. Don't you think it's strange that the Federal Reserve, a private bank, who in 1913 was given a monopoly on the creation of paper money by the king, or rather Congress and the president, has 35 to 40 percent of its real assets in gold? We must remember that the gold at the Federal Reserve is not for our benefit. Nowhere on the Federal Reserve notes that we carry around in our wallets does it say that they are redeemable for part of the gold. The bills we accept as money are simply IOUs of the Federal Reserve. Try to find on the face of any Federal Reserve note what it owes you. You will find that it says it owes you nothing. Therefore, you are carrying around a pocket full of IOU nothing notes. In effect, we've all said together, Just forget the gold. Give me the dollar. I challenge you now to pull any bill out of your wallet and examine it carefully. If you have a $1 bill and you ask the average person on the street to identify this bill for you, they will, in most instances, say it is a dollar. I must tell you that it is not a dollar. The word dollar comes from the Greek word thaler, which means unit of measurement. Congress defined a dollar as so many grains of silver and later as so many grains of gold. Suppose you saw me pick up a two-pound bag of coffee at the local supermarket. You were behind me in the checkout line as I said to the clerk, just pour out the coffee and give me the two pounds. What would you think? I know what you would think. You would think, wow, he's really lost it. That's exactly what you've done with your dollar. This is precisely how the economic and political elite of this world have been able to accomplish the biggest Robin Hood theft of all times. They have simply taken from the ignorant and given it to themselves, the well-informed. You must be asking yourself right now what kind of system allows this kind of chicanery. Easy, the one we have. Proof is here. The language on the series 1950 Federal Reserve note says, This note is legal tender for all debts, public and private, and is redeemable in lawful money, at the United States Treasury, or at any Federal Reserve Bank. This must mean that the new bill is unlawful money. 
The only question remaining is what action we'll take individually. Noah is perhaps our best example in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. It's time to build your financial ark. We had in the 70s, of course, a lot of distractions. The distractions were television, things coming on, the new technologies just coming through, the household appliances, the music. And they were able at that moment in time, I think it was the beginning of the 70s, to take the silver certificates, which was on the dollar bill, away from it. And they actually passed laws that we would no longer back it by that. And nobody raised a qualm about that. But the question begs to be asked, why is that on there to start with? Why did they put it there? Why is it that they could take it off with all the distractions and people losing common sense that before that time they had to put it on there because those distractions weren't there and people had common sense? It's only one reason. is people were too smart to accept that in the decades preceding that time and through conditioning or pouring the coffee out of the bag, the ones in the know were able to make people believe after normalizing this bill for so long and recognizing it as money based on the foundation of those who first accepted it wouldn't take a piece of paper because it wasn't money, but that because it said on there this is redeemable for silver, a silver certificate. And so through steps of deception, we've grown to this point where what we have, and ain't going to happen, the book is really all about this, showing you that this money is worthless. It does not have any value. And at any moment, the powers that be decide it's over, it's over. And for them, they can just go so far with it. The shenanigans and things that they're doing is to such an extreme and going so far that they can only go further and further with it in a shorter and shorter time to come up with a new easing of the system. We're in Q3 now. And so we live a deception. And we accept it and we want it because we desire materialism. And we don't want anybody to disrupt that. Keep me safe at all costs. In other words, you'll give up liberty. Keep my economy safe at all costs. Even though I know and you know it's going to crash, it's not sustained by any means that could keep it up, but let's just go kick it down further down the road. And so we're in this system, and this is excellent points. What it say? Three points on the 10 is all the dollar strikes. It's correct. And so... We're even in an age now where we know there's no value to it. So if you have a car and somebody offers it to you and it's worth $20,000 and it's not the car you want or they gave you $20,000 itself, which would you take? You're going to take the cash. Because you know and you have faith in that cash as you can go buy another car to your liking because you don't like that one even though it's the same value. So that's why we moved to this position for flexibility, it's a whole lot 
better taking that money, $20,000 in your pocket than trying to put a car in your pocket or carry it around. Here's my wealth. So all this money does is just a faith system to hold temporarily your wealth through your labor or your services and what's been accumulated and saved. And we've bought the lie and put it into something that's not money. Gold is a king's exchange. Silver is a gentleman's. Bartering is a peasant. And debt is a slave's. There's nothing in there about fake money. This is a proverbial saying. It contains the truth. Most of the country's in debt and are slaves. They can't stop working. They're not free. They're binding. You see people having two jobs, some three even, to make it by. Oh, yes, you can barter and be a peasant. And that's a system of exchange. It's not really necessarily the best one because someone usually gets output more and the other gets more of an advantage from the other. And gold is so expensive, who can deal with that? That's kings. So the common exchange is silver. It's biblical. So common that even Jesus, Judas took money for him in silver. Not to sanctify that. Not to say that's a good thing. But the means of exchange, biblically, is silver. It's interesting that God didn't choose to be sold in gold. His son. It was silver. And so there's a lot to be said about silver. Why do you want to keep what you have? Why do you want to save what you have in your retirement? And whatever those investments of paper may be, because it is nothing but paper, once you've got your 30000 to 300000 or whatever saved in your retirement, it's just there in paper. It's not real. And if they tell you you got the $300,000 in the bank, it's not real. Better to take $100,000 in losses and have it in silver because that's real. It's not about the buy low, buy high. You got something. Because you know, I know, our ladies told us there's no future without Jesus. The world's rejecting Jesus. And therefore, because of these things, you've got to be thinking what you're going to do. And hence, that's why we came up with the miraculous metal Medjugorje medallion. To use your means of exchange, the storing your wealth, the storing what you saved, your labor, into something what hits all 10 points in this book. All those 10 points Joan just read is what silver is. And go to. But take gold to the grocery store. If something collapse. Take silver. That's going to be the preferred metal. You say, oh, really? Is that really going to happen? It's just common sense. The people who first began to take the bills were so mistrustful of this note that they had to write on it, redeemable and silver. You could go to any bank and get silver quarters, silver dimes, and silver half dollars, or one ounce coins even. Not one ounce, but silver dollars. And they were only at 1.77% silver. And so... Truth always returns. This economy will return to truth. When it does, you'll see it collapse. Because what is not of God can't stay. And it certainly can't stay with all your presence and her appearing every day. So where do we go from here? 
Where do you go from here? So where we go from here is the Miraculous Medal Medjugorje Silver Round. This is the one-ounce piece that a friend of Medjugorje designed with the intention not only of uh, providing you with the opportunity to exchange what you have into something which has intrinsic value, but also something which carries a grace of conversion. And a friend of Medjugorje has commissioned Century Silver Exchange to help you in that process. You can contact Century Silver Exchange toll-free at 877-936-7686. Again, that's 877-936-7686. You can email info at centurysilver.com or go to centurysilver.com and click on contact. Centurysilver.com is a for-profit subsidiary of Caritas of Birmingham. It bears its own expenses and pays income tax on its earnings. If there are any earnings left over at year-end, it may make a dividend donation to Kiritas to further its mission efforts. And so to conclude, here is a friend of Medjugorje. The point of this is you've got something. There's something there. And because of that, there's something that you will always have that's intrinsic, that can't go away, like the dollar bill will. So that's the question to be posed to ask yourself, why would you be concerned about this? Don't think, oh, I lost this or I like that. You don't lose anything. You've got intrinsic value. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.